Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truths. I'm so glad that you've joined us again today for yet another episode of our study of the book of Revelation. Uh, the end is the beginning. And we look at the book of Revelation as well, the kind of the end times and the end of all things. But really, it's the ushering in of the eternal future. And what a blessing as we read this book. And the book was intended to be a blessing uh, to a group of Christians way back when who were looking at society and looking at Roman rule as if we are the off-scouring of the world. We are on the garbage heap of society. And yet, what does God predict? Uh, that there's victory and overcoming and a marvelous future in Jesus Christ. And that promise is your promise as well. Look at Revelation chapter 2. We're talking about this church at Smyrna. And Jesus said to this church in verse 9, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. So we talked about the, the essence of true riches yesterday. But watch what it says in, in verse 9 again. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So remember that many of the early believers were formerly Jewish uh, because salvation is of the Jews and the gospel came to the Jew first. And because of the fact that Jews were uh, monotheistic and understood the Old Testament scriptures, at least to a degree, they more readily could be introduced to Jesus. That was the modus operandi of the Apostle Paul as he would go into a synagogue and demonstrate what the Bible said about Messiah and then show that Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies of Messiah. Therefore, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is Messiah. So in those early days, many of the churches were kind of an amalgam of Jews and Gentiles. It was a Jewish and Gentile body. But the unbelieving Jews, the Jews that refused to believe in the Jesus as Messiah, they just became so incensed against the believing Jews uh, they looked at them as traitors. They looked at them as those that were denying the faith. So the unbelieving Jews were especially vicious toward the believing Jews. Remember uh, in Thessalonica, for instance, when the Apostle Paul and Timothy and Silas had gone to that city in Acts chapter 17, and the good things had happened, and some people had been saved in the synagogue. And the unbelieving Jews, the Bible says, were moved with envy. And they actually were going to uh, take Jason's house by storm and imprison Paul, or perhaps even execute him. Uh, we don't know all of their intention, but we know that Paul had to get out of town quick. And he went to Berea. Remember that story? And then even in Berea, those unbelieving Jews from Thessalonica went down to kick him out of that town too. So this was a very real persecution. So think about it. Not only are the believers at Smyrna suffering persecution economically and then politically, 
but they're also suffering persecution religiously uh, because the Jews are persecuting these believing Jews or these believers, these Christians at the church of Smyrna. Now, why weren't these Jews, why, why weren't they also being persecuted by the Roman government? Well, well, some of them were, but many of them simply acquiesced and went along with the Roman edict to take that pinch of incense and to offer it unto Caesar at the altar of the emperor. And they were participating in society. So there was kind of a a double persecution here in that these Jews were kind of going along with Rome, but they were also looking down their noses at these Christians. And what Jesus said to this church through John was, I know this must be an especial sting to you as believers to think that even these Jews whom, uh, who claimed to believe the Bible, the Old Testament scriptures, who claim to follow the one God, they are persecuting you. But did you see what Jesus said? Jesus said, but they're really not Jews. Uh, they can call themselves Jews. But a true Jew, somebody who truly is a Jew, is one that's going to believe the scriptures, including the theme of scripture, which is the coming of Messiah, Jesus. And so what does Jesus say? Jesus says they can call themselves whatever they want to call themselves. They can say we are respected Jews and we worship in the synagogue of God. But what Jesus said is they're really not Jews, no matter what they call themselves. And their synagogue is really the synagogue of Satan. Boy, that's a that's a stern. uh, Those are stern words, aren't they? Uh, What's the point? The point is Jesus is showing these believers the, the reality of it. You know, people can call it a church if they want to. They can say they're right with God if they want to. They can say they're followers of God if they want to, but the point is what is true is true based upon what the scripture teaches and based upon what Jesus says. That's the only opinion that matters. Uh, We can make ourselves look good to society and we can make ourselves even look good in the religious world, but the only assessment that matters is the assessment of the word of God and of Jesus himself. And Jesus is rendering his assessment right here in Revelation chapter two and verse nine. Now look at verse number 10, where Jesus begins to encourage this persecuted church. He says in verse 10, Revelation chapter two, verse number 10, he says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So these are encouraging words, but they're also very uh, hard words to, to assimilate if I'm the hearer. So think about what Jesus says now in verse 10. First of all, he tells them, fear not. Don't be afraid of the things that you will suffer. So that is, that's a tough thing to hear. So two things. Number one, Jesus is saying, don't be overwhelmed by a spirit of fear. Uh, Paul said something similar to Timothy, didn't he? In 2 Timothy chapter one, 
But he said, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, Paul told Timothy. So now a generation later, Jesus says to this group of people at Smyrna, hey, don't fear the things that are going to happen by which you're going to suffer. So the implication is things are not going to become circumstantially better. You know, we live in a generation when we view blessing as the removal of negative circumstances. We remove, we, we, we view blessing as, well, I got healed of my sickness or people are no longer persecuting me or I got a raise at, jo- at my job or we look at blessings as circumstantial and physical. And yet, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, it's not going to get better. Matter of fact, you'll, you'll die for your faith. That's what the verse goes on to imply. But don't be afraid. I am with you. Fear not. He's asking them to, by faith, believe in the reality of his presence and the strength of his power in their lives. Understand who you are in Christ. Understand what you have in Christ. That's what Paul was telling Timothy. You have power. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. You have love. The love of God is set upon you. You have a sound mind. You know where you came from. You know why you're here on planet Earth. You know where you're going. You have an eternal perspective. And so what is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying there's no need to fear because you have a perspective and a power that this world does not have. Watch what he goes on to say here in verse number 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, in other words, pay special attention to this. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. Now, does that mean that the devil himself was going to show up at the doorstep of some individual church member at Smyrna and put him in handcuffs or put him in leg shackles and carry him down to the local prison? No, the point here is that what was happening was a matter of of Satan. Satan was fighting. What was Jesus doing here? Jesus was framing the real battle. And the real battle here is not a battle against this political official in Smyrna. The real battle here is not the battle against the police chief of Smyrna or this Roman guard who was tasked with the job of arresting me or taking me to the execution block. No, he's duped like the rest of them. Uh, He is in need of Christ like all men are. That's why Jesus said to his uh, guards, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That's why uh, Paul was kind to that Philippian jailer. He didn't look at the person as the enemy. He saw what animated the 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 person, and that was the 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 evil one himself. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So understand who the real enemy is. So how does Jesus help the church at Smyrna? Hey, don't be afraid. 
You have a perspective and a power that the people around you do not have. There's a there's an insulated power on the inside of you that can give you peace in the midst of the storm. And then understand who the real enemy is. This is Satan behind all of this. And we know that Satan will ultimately be defeated. And then he says in verse number 10, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried. Hmm. So there's what's going on. This is a testing time. What's happening in your life is a test and ye shall have tribulation 10 days. And Bible scholars have argued about all what that means. Was that a literal 10 day period of time? They're only going to go through persecution for about a week and a half. I don't think that's the case. Uh, days in the book of Revelation, oftentimes, and throughout the Bible, really, oftentimes refers to a period of time, like the day of the Lord. Uh, so 10 days here would connote a short period of time, relatively short. Some say that the 10 days refers to 10 years. Domitian, if you look back at Bible history, or rather, uh, early church history, I should say, the, the persecution under Domitian was about 10 years. So that, that might be the case here. The point is that this, this persecution that you're going to endure has a beginning and an end. It has a beginning and this too shall come to pass. And in the scope of eternity, the persecution is but days long. Now, I know that when, the, when we're in the middle of suffering, when things are not going well in our lives, I know that time seems to slow down and it seems that it's never going to end. And why is this happening to me? But what Jesus reminds them of here is a time perspective that suffering has a beginning and it has an end and we can be found faithful in the middle of all of it. So you shall be tried 10 days. Be thou faithful Hang in there. Be thou faithful unto death. Uh, in this life, ye shall have tribulation. Uh, you shall have persecution. But be of good cheer. I have overcome this world, Jesus said to his apostles. And he reminds the church at Smyrna again of this truth. And I will give thee a crown of life. Now, is that a physical crown? Uh, perhaps. Or is, the, is life itself the crown, eternal life? Either way you look at it, what Jesus is saying here is it will be worth it all when you see me and trials will be over, tribulation will have passed and you will enter into uh, eternal life with me. You will have overcome. Remember, overcoming as a matter of our faith in Jesus Christ. Who is he that overcometh? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So live by faith. Trust that Jesus is real. Live in the perspective of his power in your life. Things might never get better. You might die a martyr's death. But in the scope of all of eternity, you will be so glad that you stayed faithful to the Lord and were rewarded as a faithful believer in Jesus Christ. Boy, that's a, that's a good word uh, that Jesus gives the church at Smyrna. And it's a good word that Jesus gives to you and me. I hope that helps today. Don't know what you're going through. But I know that Jesus is right there with you. And these words are just as real to you as they were to those blessed saints 2,000 years ago. 
Well, I hope you have a great day today, whatever you're doing. Hope you honor the Lord. Hope you look for opportunities to tell other people about him. And we'll see you again next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.